Excuse me, but are you loving this podcast? If you are, you can support the show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. All you have to do is hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We would like to start off our show by acknowledging the Yugambeh people, the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded. We would like to pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Excuse me, I have something to say. This is the podcast where we have real and open conversations with everyday people, professionals, and public figures who all have something to say. I'm your host, Sean Philip Mailer, and you can join me every fortnight as we dig a little bit deeper into our shared human experience. You can join in on our conversations by heading over to the show's official pages and sending me a DM. You can share with me your own experiences, opinions, and feedback on the show over on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at excuseme underscore pod. You can find us on Facebook if you search Excuse Me, I Have Something to Say or through our official website, excusemeihavesomethingtosay.com. And don't forget that you can rate and leave a review of the show, which is going to help our conversations reach a wider audience. And remember to share, like and subscribe so that you never have to miss a show. Hi guys, happy hump day and thank you for tuning in. How are you all out there? I hope you're all good and staying safe. Firstly, a big thanks to you returning listeners and a big hello to all of you for tuning in for the very first time. You know what? Since I started the show, I've always wanted to have a fun collective noun for you lovely lot who tune in for every episode. You guys who share your feedback and comment and connect with the show. Like one of our favourite returning guests, Rochelle Lindquist, who has her own podcast, May Contain Traces of Soy, her listeners are called Soybeans. And I think that that is just so damn cute. And I want that for me. The only thing, though, I keep thinking of is to call us the excusers, but somehow that just sounds far too problematic for this type of podcast. So if you are out there and you have any fun ideas of what we can call ourselves as a collective noun, then let me know. You can uh, let me know your thoughts over on Instagram at excuse me underscore pod. Now, can you believe that it is May already? I mean, where does the time go? In fact, I struggle to believe that I'm already 36 years old, turning 37 in August, and I'm only three years away from the big four zero. That's daunting. Needless to say that with the passing of time and getting older, you really start to think about your own life, the people that are in it, what you've achieved, what you still want to achieve. 
So in this episode, we're going to explore the importance of backing and believing in yourself. Something that I've only recently really started to find myself doing. So join me now as I share with you a very personal story into how I got to where I am today in terms of believing in myself. So as most of you long-time listeners know, I started the podcast back in April of 2020. We released the first episodes amidst the chaos of the pandemic, but the show was actually in the planning stages and pre-production stages back in the middle of 2019. It was a passion project of mine which was brought to life through a combination of things really. So to recap for anyone who doesn't know the story, At the start of 2016, I had a breakdown, maybe we'll call it a quarter-life crisis, but essentially I was in a very dark place inside of my own head. I was adjusting to my relationship as well with my now husband, Benny, and the idea of becoming a stepfather to his kids. I felt as though I had to, on some level, relinquish my own desire to have and raise a child of my own, especially since Benny's kids were teenagers and well on their way to becoming the amazing adults that they are today. Within that relationship with myself, I also found myself dealing with a lot of internalized anxiety about some of the people in history that came with the man I love. A complex tapestry, if you will, of family relationships and politics that were a world away from my own life experiences and anything I knew. Over time, I began to drink a little bit more than I probably should, and definitely more than I would previously which I didn't realize was exacerbating my own underlying anxiety and depression until it was too late. Depression that with the help of a professional, I would later understand stemmed from cracks that were already present in, in, I guess, in my psyche from years prior. Essentially, I had to have this mental break to be able to start repairing myself. And the restoration of my own mental health and well-being is still an ongoing saga even six years later but I am enjoying the journey more now than I've ever done before. In life, they say that if something is hard to do, then it is worth doing. And to be honest, nothing is harder or more important than the relationship that we have with ourselves. Toward the end of 2017, Benny and I flew to the UK, which is where I'm from originally, to spend some time with my dear friend Flynn. Flynn had been battling cancer for years and had been given a short time frame left to live. We had an absolutely magical experience over in the UK and it was so great to have my future husband get to know the friends and family that helped shape me. Flynn thankfully defied all the odds once again as she had a habit of doing and paid no attention to the silly time frames that the doctors gave her and she went on to live another full year inspiring all of us. Flynn passed away during the first week of 2019 and I really struggled with that loss. The loss of a best friend is emotionally crippling. Losing Flynn brought back my anxiety, made me feel depressed again, and my previous ability to push down how I was actually feeling and to not deal with things. Thankfully, though, this didn't last too long, and I created a little blog called Excuse Me, I Have Something to Say, which would, of course, in turn, turn into this very podcast. The podcast itself came to life from me feeling that I didn't have much of a voice. 
I'd lived a life with my inner monologue telling me not to do things, telling me that, you know, if I try, I'll fail or worse, I'd embarrass myself. So for as long as I can remember, I've been held hostage, not only to that tiny voice inside of me, but to the life experiences I'd had from bullies at school to toxic workplaces and relationships to the social narratives that tell us things like you need to have a proper and stable job or only a tiny, tiny percent of the population actually get to do what they want to do and what they love. So the rest of us just kind of keep on existing to keep the world spinning. So after having my quarter life crisis, my mental breakdown, and then losing a great friend to a terrible disease so young, I found myself really questioning everything and wondering why people were not really talking about particular things. Things that happened to all of us, you know, the, the life stuff. And that eventually led to me wanting to have public conversations with other people about all of this life stuff. I mean, if I've been through something, then so is someone else, and maybe they might want to get something off their chest too, and maybe, just maybe, that conversation might help someone else to feel heard or less alone, or maybe it might make someone smile or encourage them to share their own truth with others, other people that they love in their lives. I felt like I had a humble yet noble quest that I was about to go on. The problem was I had no idea where to start, and I still had this tiny little voice inside my head screaming at me that I'm not good enough, not brave enough, that no one would want to listen to what I had to say. And I would just end up embarrassing myself because let's face it, I'm a nobody and no, nobody's voice is not worth listening to. When I was little, I was always creative. I'd always be drawing and creating art. I'd sing everything and I wanted to be an actor. I always felt that when I was older, I would be wildly creative and incredibly successful at my chosen life. Then sometime during those troublesome teen years, I lost that voice and became a little bit more introvert. Sure, I still did things like singing the school talent show and I was always drawing something and creating something. After I left school, I came out and got a little lost in trying to find myself and who I was within my new identity. And I ended up working in retail bars and nightclubs. I had the best time and I met the most amazing people, most of whom I still connect with today. Actually, that's where I met Flint. I was always envious of my sister, though, because she didn't seem to give a fuck about what people thought of her. She was creative, too. She was in a band that started to have a little bit of local success. We even wrote and recorded a song together, which I absolutely still love to this day. And it reignited doing that with my sister, reignited my love to sing and create. But once again, that little voice that we all have inside of us was telling me not to pursue any of it. Don't do it because you're just never going to be good enough. No one will care. No one wants to hear what you have to say. When I was 23, I made the decision to move back to Australia and I headed to the Gold Coast where my mum was living at the time. I really feel like I lost myself again here. I had to figure out who I was in this chapter of my life. I kind of lost a bit of my gay self too, uh, if that makes sense, because there was no gay scene here on the Gold Coast and it kind of felt like I had jumped back at least 10 years into the past. People here 
I found them to be initially very cold and only really showed an interest in you if they thought that they could, you could bring something to them or they could get something out of you. Didn't really feel like people were overly genuine. It was a real shock to the system because I'd never ever had any problems making friends. But eventually I found my place and I found my people. Over the last 14 years, I've tried to balance my creativity with a steady work-life balance too. I started my own t-shirt business on the side where I'd create unique designs inspired by pop culture and have them printed on t-shirts. I'd also take commissions to create unique portraits and images that later evolved into a small online business, which eventually was called the Red Feather Co. Um, and there I would have the images I created, I would have them printed onto stickers, badges, other merchandise. And it, I mean, it's it was a great concept and I still loved that I did that. But that voice was always there making me second guess myself. No matter how much people liked my designs, no matter how much positive feedback I got, it was always there saying not to bother because you know, you'll never amount to anything. It will never amount to anything. Along with that little voice, I've always had this, let's call it a, a fear of people, more specifically persecution from the people. I often think back to an episode of Friends where I think it was Ross who says to Rachel, who cares what the people think? And she responds with something along the lines of, I do because they're people. And that pretty much perfectly sums up the reason why I've spent most of my adult life not pursuing things that actually pique my interest, just doing a boring, mundane kind of job. Combine the fact that people are so quick to judge with the crippling anxiety of never feeling like you're going to be enough or never good enough, or and you have this wonderfully delicious recipe of self-doubt. And on the rare occasion, self-sabotage, which I'm also very good at, by the way. The human experience is such a unique and multifaceted roller coaster ride. And far too often than not, we end up wondering, why didn't we take the risk? I am so grateful that I pushed on with my podcast journey because over the course of the past few years, I've grown immensely. I've pushed myself and I've challenged myself. I've taken risks and the experience so far has been so uniquely rewarding I can't even really explain it when I decided to back myself with creating a podcast it seemed so out of my reach I had no idea what I was doing or where to start thankfully the online podcast community were incredibly helpful in giving me the know-how and the confidence to create my show this is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The push past the imposter syndrome that, by the way, was very present, is still very present. And I think it's due to previously only listening to podcasts with big names attached. So you kind of feel like if you're not a name, no one wants to listen. Um, so, but yeah, started my own show. As the host of Excuse Me, I knew I would also be the face of it. And that in itself opened the doors to a lot of my own anxiety, my own pre-existing body hang-ups, image hang-ups, not to mention being the voice of a podcast. You see, I come from a family line where the men's voice is naturally softer and can often be deemed as uh, not sounding very masculine. If I had a dollar for every time someone thinks I'm a woman on the phone, I'd be a very rich man, let me tell you. When I was 19, I had a trans person in a club assume I was also a trans man based on my voice. That was a really jarring experience for a young me as I didn't know how to process that kind of comment back then. And to be honest, the trans community were not as visible as they are today. And regrettably, I took that as an insult. I've been locked out of my own bank account with someone on the phone, assuming I was trying to commit fraud. Uh, that was fun. And even when I started dating my husband, there was a conversation that was had about the gayness of my voice. Now, imagine how hard it was for me to be able to back myself and put my voice out there to the world on a podcast show which I guess is another reason why I really felt like I needed to have a face to the show too. But yeah, make it that way you will. Um, I did find some confidence in the past though with the sound of my own voice thanks to having to speak at conferences with an old job. Someone whom I respected and looked up to and who I'm currently trying to get to come on the show said that he could listen to my voice all day and that it was smooth like honey. And that was the first time in my life that I could associate my own voice with sounding positive. And that was only about eight or nine years ago. So not that long in the big scheme of things. Not, also, by the way, not that I view sounding feminine as a negative. I don't. But for my younger self, it wasn't great for me to sound that way back then. The show started with me talking to friends and people within my circle about life, things that were really important to them, their personal experiences in their own lives or shared experiences. The first episode went live on the 8th of April, 2020, and it was an introduction to me, my show, why I created it and what I wanted to achieve with it. Episode one, like this one, was just me. I was putting myself out there, not knowing what would happen, if or how I would be judged. The few people that listened to that first episode when it first went out 
shared only positive feedback and that was a real confidence booster that I, I really needed. At the start of the show, I thought that I would probably just do one season, talk about a few things that interested me with a few nice people who inspire me and then put it to bed. Just that chapter's done. After the first few episodes went out though, I was contacted by Lip Media, an independent Australian podcasting network that was elevating the voices of LGBTQIA plus individuals and women. Lip Media was also home to one of my favorite podcasts at the time, The Gays Are Revolting, and they wanted to bring my show to their network. I had a great chat with Dan, the owner and creator of the network, who said that he loved the show. He loved the content I was putting out. He liked the potential and me, the host. He specifically made mention to my voice too in a really positive way. He explained how monetizing a podcast works with the inclusions of advertising and all of a sudden I realized that because I took a risk and backed myself with something I believed in, something that meant a lot to me, my little podcast, I had then caught the eye of someone who was willing to back me, somebody else who thought I was backable. This to me was a great achievement. I was equal parts excited, proud, and terrified. I joined the network and my first episode with Lip Media played on the Gazer Revolting podcast as a filler episode for their audience during a week off for their show. What a fucking highlight. My tiny little show was airing in place of my own favorite podcast. Amazing. As season one of Excuse Me went on, I found confidence and I guess I found my groove as a host. I chatted with people in my life and it was an amazing feeling to share their experiences with a wider audience. I was contacted by people who were connecting with their family and friends in ways that they hadn't done before. This was such an incredible feeling to know that people were listening that people were talking and connecting in positive ways with each other. That if I didn't back myself in creating the show on a concept that meant something to me, then some of these connections may not have happened, or at the very least, they may not have happened so quickly. By the end of season one, I'd gone from introducing myself to interviewing Mark Camilleri, a psychologist from Melbourne, about the importance of queer mental health during the holidays. I mean, what a great episode, you should go listen. But, I mean, what an achievement. What, like, back yourself. That's, that's the point. Good things happen if you believe in yourself. As we went into season two, I felt like I was on top of the world. I had two episodes for season two ready to go with two people I'd never met before. We're going to be talking about getting naked in nature and desexualizing nudity talking about mindfulness with Benny's cousin who lives in Canada, who is just amazing, by the way, super excited to meet Rachel in person finally uh, later this year. I was also getting married. Lip Media had folded, but that was okay. I was in talks with a new network, that's not canon, to find a new home for my show. Welcome home. This is where we are now. I really felt that I was on a roll. You know, I really felt like 2021 was going to be my year. 2021, though, well, she had other plans. 2021 would prove to be one of, if not the toughest years of my life. Without going into too much detail, because that's a story for another time. After the wedding, after we got married, it was, let's call it the wedding to end all weddings. It was amazing. 
and I'm not just saying that because it's my wedding. Everybody else said so too. Um, I'm not kidding you. My wedding was epic. My husband, he had his own mental health challenges. Um, that for me really echoed my own experience from back in early 2016. And this was actually really incredibly triggering for me. And it would essentially be the narrative for the rest of our 2021. I'm not going to speak to what Benny went through, because that's not my story to tell, but I can talk briefly to my own experiences through it. You see, the thing with being a newlywed, who's also started a new job, and then having your husband go through an incredibly traumatic experience that echoed your own, was that I felt like I had to support him and get him through it, having no idea how. I kind of put myself on the back burner. And at the same time, I had this little voice in my head, which was telling me that I won't be able to do it. And I won't be able to do it because I'm still managing my own anxiety and depression on the daily. And in turn, on more than one occasion, that little voice made me want to escape. The voice had me questioning everything. I felt like I was back in 2016 again. I was questioning everything from how much I can take emotionally to whether or not I could even be the husband I needed to be. But now, it's not just about me anymore, you see. I had to not only back myself and figure out how to back myself, but I also had to back my husband and back our marriage. Because if there is one thing above all else that I believe in, it is us. We've got this. The podcast took a bit of a backseat in my life during season two. Episodes were released out of schedule. I was stressed at the thought of putting episodes together. Even just getting alone time to record an episode felt impossible at times. I continued to release what I could, when I could, because I was so proud of what I've achieved during season one, and I'd had made this commitment to you, the listeners, and to myself, to produce a great season two. Throughout season two, I found it hard to back myself, found it hard to like myself, as many of my own anxieties were getting the better of me. I was angry at myself for my own inconsistency, and I not only took myself to trial over this, but I also charged myself guilty of being a bit of a failure in 2021. Looking back at season two, I can see that throughout everything that was going on, everything that I went through, everything that we went through, I still managed to create something that I'm proud of. During season two, I wanted to give up so many times and I'm sure people are listening to this and thinking, it's just a little podcast in a sea of millions of other podcasts, who cares? I do. This little show is my baby. I created it, I've nurtured it and I've helped it grow and I love it. As we set off into May, 2022, we're now, including this one, three episodes into season three of Excuse Me, and both the show and I have grown so much. I'm so hopeful and grateful to say that my husband is on the road to recovery. Now I'm talking to so many incredible people about potentially coming onto the show, including the most booked Australian female public speaker ever, a noughties UK boy band icon, up and coming Australian musician, a very well-known weatherman, and so many more interesting and inspiring people who are not only willing to share their time, stories, and expertise with me, but with and for all of you. 
As for me personally, I'll continue to battle with my inner voice that tells me that uh, I am less than. I will back myself and the promise that I made to myself to be and live a more creative life. I'm saying it here so I and all of you can hold me accountable. I will sing and I'll dance more. I will laugh more. I'll be writing, recording and releasing music that makes me and my younger self happy and fulfilled without fear of whether others think I'm good enough or not because I'm not doing it for anyone but myself and my creative soul. I'll finish the kids book that I started writing a couple of years ago that I convinced myself that I wasn't good enough to do. I will write that book of poetry that I wanted to do when I was 17. I will continue to seek out creative opportunities personally and professionally and I will continue to challenge myself in all areas of my life. I'll continue to help others shine and share their voices. I will continue to love and raise up my incredible husband, my family and friends. And I will continue to back myself. Because if I've learned anything in life, it's that life is short. And whatever your dream is, it is a risk worth taking. You are a risk worth taking. Well, guys, that's a wrap on this episode. And I got to say, I'm not sure what I wanted to achieve with this episode. But my show is called Excuse Me, I Have Something to Say. And I guess this week I had something to say. Maybe it was just meant for me or maybe it was meant for someone out there who needed to hear it. I don't know. You don't know. We don't know. But what I do know is I appreciate all of you for listening to my little podcast and for all of your support along the way. I encourage all of you to get behind yourselves, listen to your dreams and goals, and challenge yourselves to make them happen. As I said, life is short, life is hard. So make it count and back yourself. You are worth the risk. Stay safe, I'll see you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 